You're focused on making important decisions to take your company to the next level. But who's counting? We are. Counting on trends and insight to move your business forward, operationally and strategically. Focused on helping executives achieve their highest potential. But Who's Counting is a podcast shedding light on and breaking down critical issues and opportunities for businesses. Brought to you by Anders CPAs and Advisors. In today's episode, we're visiting with Paul Ray. Paul is the Director of Strategic Growth at Anders CPAs and Advisors. Paul has been helping clients deal with their banking relationships for a long time, and he's got some great insights to share. Listen in for a great conversation with Paul Ray. Welcome back to the But Who's Counting podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hartley. Paul Ray is back with us today. If you listen to our second episode, Paul was the the guest for that session. We had a great conversation. But today we're going to talk about a, a special timely topic, which is interest rates. So Paul, welcome. Good to have you back again. Good to be here. For our listeners, we're going to focus on three areas. The first, let's talk about how we got to where we are. So a little bit of history then we'll bridge into our second section, what's happening today and what that means. And then we'll transition from there into the third piece, which is what are the strategies that small to mid-sized businesses should be thinking about and aware of as it relates to the interest rate topic. All right. So so start with some history. Just from my you know layman standpoint, we've been in a in pretty incredible time of low interest rates. Help us understand the process, kind of how did we get here? And from your perspective, what are some of the relevant things about history that are important for people to understand so that they can figure out what's going on today? You know, Dave, I think one of the things we always just assume is that everyone knows exactly what we do when we're involved in this business every day. But Mm -hmm. let's back up just a little bit. You know, we hear the term the Fed thrown around all the time. And I've had people finally just look at me and say, who is the Fed? What what does it really do? And Mm -hmm. well, simply uh, put is the Federal Reserve Bank is just, it's the central bank. It's the bank for banks that uh, that's part of the United States Treasury. And one of the most important committees that the Fed has is, you know, you, you've seen the the acronym FOMC many times. If you've read the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, it's the Federal Open Market Committee. And what do they do? They, they meet eight times a year. And during these times, they talk about setting monetary policy. Uh, you know, what does it look like interest rate wise? And for the last 15 years, it's been pretty easy for them, but but now they're starting to earn their money a little bit. Yeah, relatively uneventful for a fairly long stretch of time. Sure. You know, and the, the Federal Reserve Chairman is Jerome Powell. You've probably heard that name. And he's been all over the place a little bit lately with his commentary, but it's expected. He's got a hard job. You know, every time you turn on the news, there's something different happening from a geopolitical perspective mm-hmm. or, or here in the United States, and that may change the way they feel about rates for that day. But one thing's certain he stayed pretty consistent with the fact that rates are going to go up this year, whether it's two times or even as much as seven times is kind of the commentary that's been going on uh, recently more than any. And and do they meet, could they do a rate increase every month? Is that the frequency of when they meet or is it monthly or is it quarterly? You know, typically it's it's monthly and some meetings are designed for rate discussions more than others. But here's okay. the other thing. They kind of get to do what they want to do. They can even call a special meeting. So if all of a sudden inflation is running rampant, and which we kind of feel like it is now, right. uh, and they haven't raised rates enough, they can call a special meeting to do it. And I, I think this year it, it's, it's going to be a consistent uh, move with rates going up, and I think we can expect that through the, the end of the year and, and well into 2023. 
the challenge is, is as we know inflation is going up, we hear it every day. We, we want them to obviously reduce inflation. Everybody loves that when prices are lower than they were this time last year. But the economy seems to be humming a little bit. So it's a balancing act. If they raise rates too high to curb inflation, then they slow the economy down. And do we want that? No. So we, we kind of want everything perfect. It just doesn't work that way. And we talk in terms of prime rate, Dave. You know, everyone talks about all these other rates that are out there, treasuries, what have you. But, you know, prime is kind of the, the lending rate that most banks really base everything off of. And prime has a tendency to follow suit. So when you hear that the Federal Reserve has risen rates by a quarter of a point, then you can expect prime is going to follow pretty quickly thereafter. And historically, we saw rates moving up in 18 and 19. And, you know, those of us that are in the business understood that's the direction we were going to go. But mm-hmm. COVID hit. March of 2020, and we took a big drop in rates. We dropped a point and a quarter uh, with just you know just a short period of time to bring everything down to the lowest prime rate that we've seen in history, and that was 3.25 percent before the increase last week uh, up to three and a half percent. Okay, yeah, because I think that's an important point. Sort of before the pandemic, the, this upward rise in rates was happening. So in 2018, 2019, we had gotten to to what point? And then we dropped down when the pandemic hit. Yeah. So, you know, we started seeing prime moving up into the four and a half, four and three quarter range. We started seeing that that was kind of the history that uh, we'd seen in the past. And everyone was expecting that over a period of time, mm-hmm. maybe not as aggressive as it was now, but quickly when the pandemic hit, there was so much uncertainty at that point in time. It was it was a quick drop in interest rates, as I said, a point and a quarter in, sure. just, uh, in just a couple of months. So Sure. And I assume that was one of the moves that the committee made was they were the ones that, in response to the pandemic, dropped rates. Absolutely. And, you know, some some would argue that uh, did they drop them too fast? Did that uh, affect inflation? And there's all kinds of arguments out there. But we, we are where we are today. So moving forward, these meetings are going to be very important. And that sort of kind of segues into to the other discussion points about what, you know, we've got that history what sort of happens now? Yeah. So let, let's transition to that second piece. What is happening in the market today? You know, the short-term forecast, kind of what do you see for 2022? Well, I, I think when we start talking about the big picture, how do we react as individuals or companies? The first thing to do is not panic. You know, as we've been soft on rates for a long time now, when we start talking about them rising, everyone tends to panic. Oh my goodness, you know, my credit card's going to go up, my mortgage is going to go up. You know, the sure. sky's really not falling. I mean, it's when we think about over time, prime rate has historically averaged about 6.8%. We're at three and a half today. And if we end up going to 6% or six and a half by the end of 2023, we're still under historical averages. Yeah. Even, even with that, what we would perceive as a significant increase we're still just back to average in terms of long-term Correct. philosophy. Okay. You know, and the, those of us that can remember the 70s and the 80s, if you think about it, 17 to 21% was kind of a range. That, that was horrifying. Uh, when you think about sure. three and a quarter, that range of 21, all of a sudden, as nice as three and a quarter sounds, six and a half doesn't sound <laughs> so bad when you put right. that in perspective. Absolutely. So what else is going on today? What is causing the the discussions and the topic to be covered today? 
Well, I think more importantly, you know, individuals and companies have to deal with this interest rate risk one way or another. So as individuals, you worry about it on your mortgage rates or your credit cards. Credit cards, they feel uncomfortable when you hear that rates are going to go up. But even a credit card that has a $10,000 balance, that's that's not going to devastate your monthly payments. You know, you can work through that, but it is. It's more money out of your pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Mortgages are the same thing. You know, most folks have, have locked in 30-year rates because they've been so low. And now all of a sudden you're thinking about buying a house in the next year or two. Wait a minute. I can't, I can't have those wonderful rates all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? There are, there are ways to manage through that. And we'll talk about a couple of those a little later on. But, you know, if you're a CFO on a company, uh, the perspective that, that they have to consider is, what does it do to my cash flow? And if, if you've been a CFO for 15 years or less, you haven't dealt with rising interest rates in any way, shape, or form, how that can affect the balance sheet and the income statement. So this is all new. One of those things that now, uh, you know, is on your plate, just something else that you have to manage through. So the, the threat has always been there, but it's never manifested itself in 15 years. Now the potential is there for this to become a real issue. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about where the Fed might likely land, I mean, kind of that Fed funds rate of two and a half to two and three quarters, kind of where, where they're comfortable. And if you think about that adding on top of prime, I mean, that consistently comes to a six, six and a half, seven percent prime number. If it starts getting north of that, things are going to have to have gone much differently than we we think they are. And, mm-hmm. and although that sounds bad in and of itself when we're making that comparison today, uh, I think most folks could manage through that process. So it's one of those things, whether you're a consumer and costs are going to increase as a result of interest rates going up, or if you're looking at fuel costs with the price at the pump going up. So suddenly if you've got rising costs, in addition to the inflation that we've seen over the last year, it's it's a real factor that businesses and individuals need to be thinking about. Yeah, it's, it's that double-edged sword. And, and uh, I think we just have to, again, manage through that. And the thing I think I would say more than anything is don't try to be an interest rate timer. You know, you hear that people like to time the market and those types of things, mm-hmm. but you know, that ship's kind of sailed. So now the strategy should be around what can I do to either lock rates, minimize rate exposure. Don't think that things are going to drop all of a sudden if we get a bunch of good news. This is a consistent pattern. And although a mortgage rate may fluctuate 25 basis points on a, on a daily basis, don't try to time those things. Get your strategies now over the next 30, 60, 90 days about where you're going to head. And uh, don't play that game. They're not going to go back down enough for people to time it and make it worth their while. Got it. Okay. Well, with that, let's transition into that that third section of you know strategies and things that businesses should be thinking about. On the last podcast episode we did together, you know, there was a big focus on the relationship with your banker and making sure that that is an, an active relationship so they can be part of your decision-making process. Process. When you think about the role of the bank, you know what what are some of those strategies that should be on the radar that businesses should be thinking about? Well, I think the first thing, Dave, is just take a step back and, and evaluate your balance sheet. And that sounds like an easy statement, but that's really what it is. is mm-hmm. You're simply looking at the assets we have and the liabilities we have and, and what are we going to do? Are they going to be rebalanced differently now over the next three to five years than they, they were before? You know, what's my, my debt to cash? You know, companies are sitting on a lot of cash right now. Not all mm-hmm. companies, but a lot. It's great to have a big giant savings account or a big giant money market account 
but you may, and banks hate when we say this, but that's that's how, how we, we move forward is, you know, the best for our clients. But you may want to reduce some of that debt, take some of that cash and reduce some of that debt that provides that exposure to you. So mm-hmm. having that big savings account is great until you're paying, you know, twice the rate that you were last year. So, yeah, which is actually the flip side of this. You know, for years, if you've had cash, you haven't earned anything on it uh, because interest rates have been so low. In theory now, that could be a change. Your cash could actually earn something from a, a money market or those types of things because for many years, that's basically been nothing. Yeah, and you know, the, the, the funny thing about that is is that when you think about gas prices, when they rise, they rise fast, and when they fall, they fall really slow. Well, that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the same thing with liabilities and the asset side. Your savings account, the interest rates are going to go up really fast on your loans, but guess what? It's going to go real slow on your deposit. On rate. the savings so, side, it's not going to keep up. Yeah, that, so, at that pace. Yeah, as a country, you know, we, we like to say we're a country of savers. Anymore, from a company perspective, it's it's more important to uh, engage your discussion around the the liabilities and and not worry too much about how much that that cash is going to make. So that's why, you know, as I've always said, I, I love banks and they do a great job and, and they are one of the people that need to be involved in this conversation. But you also need to engage other people. You know, there are professionals out there, CPA firms that have individuals that specialize in different things other than taxes and audit that can work through these cash flow projections with you and, and understand things that maybe the bank specifically isn't going to tie this discussion into. Mm-hmm. But they certainly need to be one of the players in your valuation process. So what are some of the other things that that should be on a business's radar uh, as it relates to this topic? Well, let's back up real quick and, and kind of talk about individuals just a bit. You know, the mortgage rate phenomenon is always going to be here. But is it time to lock in that 30-year rate if you're buying a home? Well, that 30-year rate's higher than it was now. So you remember the days when the arms were popular. They haven't been popular for many years because mm-hmm. of rate curves that weren't favorable for them. But, you know, if someone's looking at a 5-1 arm now, that gives them five years to evaluate. So do you want to lock in at a 30-year fix that's now 150 basis points higher than uh, than an arm? Or maybe you want to do a, a 5 or a 7 or a 10-year arm while you're working through this. You're not mm-hmm. timing the market at that point. You're just putting a process in place. So individuals rushing to f- get that 30-year fixed rate right now may have missed a little of that boat. But there's other products out there now that will come back into play that mm-hmm. weren't there before that will help them work through that interest rate risk. So individuals should consider that mortgage market out there and work with mortgage professionals and move forward because that's that's where the rates affect individuals. Now back to your question about companies. Right, but but before we leave that though, I mean from an individual standpoint, rates even though they're up, they're still at historic lows even with the in, the recent increases that we've seen. Yeah, we're spoiled uh, <laughs> as as a nation and and I use It's been good e- times for a long time. That's exactly right. right. I used the, the example earlier. I had access to green seats for Cardinal tickets for many years. And uh, my kids thought that for the first 10 years of their life, those were the only tickets that were available. So then all of a sudden, when they started having to sit in general admission, they were a little confused by that. That's sort of what we're doing now. So we've been sitting in first class for a long time, and now we're going back to coach. Absolutely. Yeah, we're general admission now, and, and we are spoiled a little bit. But with that being said, even though we're spoiled, we can still be smart about the the things that we do over time, even though we, we feel like that we've missed the boat. We really haven't. So that's on the individual side. So now switch back to you are headed to the business side. Yeah. And it goes back to that 
evaluate your balance sheet, Dave. It's, it is reviewing all the maturities that you have out there on the debt that you have outstanding. If you've got maturities that are coming due in the next one, two, three years, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the first thing is start to think about that process of what do I do with those maturities? Are they coming due at a bad time? Is this really the time I need to get with my banker and say, you know what, if there are no prepayment penalties, let's go ahead and start talking about moving some of these maturities, just getting rid of them now, refinancing, either putting all the the debt together and locking in for a five to seven year period, depending on the appetite of the bank. Mm -hmm. But also, even if there are prepayment penalties that are built in the notes, if you sit down and evaluate that with the appropriate professionals, you may find that it's better to put $50,000 in a prepayment penalty right now and save five times that over the next five years Mm -hmm. in an interest rate increase. Those are things that you need to think about just sitting pat right now. It's not going to work. But in most of those occasions, the bank's not going to come to you and and inform you of those options. It's really something that you as a business owner need to seek out by having that conversation with your bank. Yeah, as much as we would love to think that, that, that that's going to happen, even in great relationships, sometimes it's best to really, you know, make your own way in this process. And mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that, that I think most advisors have been telling people for a while now, you know, this is coming, think about it, be prepared with a plan, a proactive plan with your bank, and uh, you know they're going to listen to it, and they're going to they're going to do the right thing for you as a client. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're certainly not going to offer this information up every day. If I'm thinking about a, a bigger deal, are there other things that I should be thinking about as well as, as I head into that? Yeah, the first thing you really should do is review the documents. Take a look at what you really have in there. I mean, we found through the pandemic that a lot of companies just sort of sign and they don't pay attention to what's in the documentation. But always pay attention to what's in the documentation. There may be floors and ceilings out there that you had that are four, five, six, seven years old, and you didn't really pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And frankly, all of the bank acquisitions and things like that, some of those things get lost in translation. And before you know it, you've blown right past a ceiling and you didn't even know you had it. And all of a sudden, uh, the bank's charging you more interest than you should have had. Not purposely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't hit the system, those types of things. Make sure you understand your documentation. So you have to be your own advocate. Yeah. You have to understand the terms and you have to be able to, to, to force and facilitate that conversation. Absolutely. You know, there are also, we talk about interest rate swaps. That's a two-hour conversation, but they're out there. <laughs> Which we won't get into here, That's but, correct. It, but it's something that people should be thinking yeah, about. Yeah, they're, they're, they're out there. They were really in vogue 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, and, and if they're not abused, if they're done appropriately, they can be opportunities for companies as well, and they're going to come back into play, and it's something that companies need to think about. Ask your banker about that. Ask your advisor, what is an interest rate swap? How can I move forward with that? Things like collars. Again, another two-hour conversation. We don't want to get into that. But there are ways that your banker can help you minimize that interest rate risk. And it's something that you're going to have to be proactive in moving forward. So why not have a plan first before you go to your banker? Which, you know, when you think about that, it, it's it's interesting that, you know, if you have 15 or less years of professional experience, you may have never experienced and use some of the tools that potentially are going to become very relevant in the next five to 10 years. That's interesting that, you know, so then you start thinking about, well, what is it that I don't know? What are the strategies and things? Cause I've never needed to deploy them. I may not even be aware of what those things even are. Yeah. Let's take commercial real estate. For example, it's been a fixed rate market for a while. Banks used to hate fixed rate 
commercial uh, deals, mm-hmm. uh, commercial real estate deals, investment property. But it, it's gotten popular again over the last several years, and a lot of that is fixed long-term rate, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. as some of these things change, those types of rates are going to get higher and higher as well. So is it now something that when you're looking at commercial real estate, do you really want to go into a, a long-term fixed rate, or do you want to maybe work through a shorter game, not too short, mm-hmm. but short enough that it allows you to reap the rewards of those opportunities as well as, you know, on the downside. Now that we're on the upside, there's some opportunity there as well. Got it. Okay. Well, another one or two things that businesses should be thinking about, and then we'll move to the make it count segment. Well, I think more than anything, Dave, is as a company, it's important, and I've you know hit on it two or three times, important to take a look at the details of what you have out there and realize that it's it's a process for you now, mm-hmm. that these are things that have massive loan documents attached to them, repricing strategies, all of those things that you didn't think about before. Now, just step back, take a deep breath, and realize that this is, this is sort of the new world we're in, at least for the next three to five years. And I think at that point in time, we'll understand where the Fed's going to go. If things mm-hmm. haven't changed dramatically, then... Once they get to a point, guess what? If inflation gets in control, guess what happens? Rates start coming down a little bit. You know, maybe that's where we're at in five years. We don't know, but we can certainly manage through that. And the other thing I think, Dave, that's really important is there may be nothing you can do. You may be stuck in a situation that there's nothing you can do other than instead of throwing your hands up, review this thing annually because it may benefit you to to be a short time in the market where if you're locked in and you've got a maturity that's coming due next year and the rates are really high, don't take a five year, take that one year and let that thing roll every year. At least the one year is always going to be the lowest rate in the market. It may not be where you want it to be, but that may be where you're stuck. But that's important to to have people around you that understand that, that can help you work through that. Where before, you didn't really have to worry about it. So having a plan, having a process, and then using that process to then make wise decisions on strategies that maybe you've never had to think about before is really something that needs to be on everybody's radar. Correct. Got it. Okay. So we, we started by talking about kind of how we got here. Then we transitioned into the, you know, what, what's happening today. And then we've talked about some of the strategies that businesses should use and be thinking about as it relates to dealing with interest rates. So, so one of the things we do on this podcast is we always do a make it count segment at the end, which is where we step back and look at what is the one major takeaway? What's the one thing that you think businesses need to be aware of and, and thinking about today? Create realistic cash flow projections. That's mm-hmm. so important. And then manage to them. We're in a rising rate environment, so those cash flow projections are going to look different than they've they've looked for a long time. Mm-hmm. Once you get them in place, manage to them. It's really important. And I think also the other thing is that, you know, a lot of times in the past – we've been able to do a scenario and the pandemic, I think changed that where suddenly we we had to do seven scenarios. And I think now with interest rates changing, in addition to inflation, a number of other factors, really, I think for that cash flow forecasting perspective, you've got to have a process and then you've got to look at multiple scenarios of what could happen and then prepare yourself as those things start to come to reality or not to adjust your strategies from that point and reforecast and continue to look at this. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And, and I think we're in for a ride, but I don't think we're in for a wild ride. So <laughs> plan, plan accordingly. So it's going to be interesting, but it's yeah. not going to, it shouldn't be overwhelming and it should be something that can be actively managed. I don't think your house next year is going to be at 21.05%. 
possible, but highly unlikely. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Thank you for joining the But Who's Counting podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and let us know what you think by rating and reviewing. Connect with me, Dave Hartley, on LinkedIn, and keep up with more Anders CPAs and Advisors insights by following us on social media through the handles in the show notes. We'll see you next time.